Hi, I'm Allie Raisman. I've been living with migraine for a while. As an athlete and gymnast, I was taught to just power through the pain. Now I use Ubrelvi or Ubrojapan to treat my migraine attacks. As soon as I feel a migraine attack, I take Ubrelvi, which provides me with quick relief. Once I get relief, I go on with my day. I'm partnering with Ubrelvi to share my migraine story. Ubrelvi quickly stops migraine in its tracks within two hours without worrying where you are. Most people had quick pain relief within two hours. Ubrelvi treats migraine attacks in adults and is not for prevention. It's available by prescription only. Do not take Ubrelvi with strong CYP3A4 inhibitors. Tell your healthcare provider about all the medicines you take. Most common side effects are nausea and tiredness. My hope is that by sharing my migraine story and the relief I get from Ubrelvi, it can help someone else. Ask your doctor about Ubrelvi, the anytime, anywhere migraine medicine. Learn more at ubrelvy.com or call 844-4-U-B-R-E-L-V-Y. Sponsored by AbbVie. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? Explain to me. No, you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's It's not. It's an illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. I truly believe that one of the most dangerous traits shared by all of the predators I've caught is the ability to mix in with general society, civilized society, to hold a job, to go to a church, to be a member of a group that purports to be perhaps religious or charitable. Now, a lot of these predators who I've caught share that trait, but one comes to mind one who perhaps possesses the trait of blending in and being a real vicious danger to a child all at the same time. And that predator was 33-year-old Ernest Clayton Timmons. Timmons surfaced along with 27 other men during our investigation in New Jersey, Manilokan, the Jersey Shore. And he was what we call a fast mover. From start to finish, he was only chatting for about three hours. And I'll give you a sense of that chat in just a minute here. 
with a decoy posing as a 13-year-old girl, screen named Girly Girl. Timmons' screen name was Jokater, not Jokester, Jokater. Now, I had to look at that a couple times before I got it right, because what does Jokater mean? Jokater 34. And why not Jokester 34? Maybe that was taken. Anyway, the screen name didn't make sense. It wasn't funny. He didn't make sense with his excuses, and he certainly wasn't funny. Nothing funny about Ernest Timmons. He was a clear danger to a child. And you'll understand that when you hear about his actions and what he did before he arrived and what he said in the chat. So let me set that up for you. He's online in a chat room. Timmons was a technical sergeant in the Air Force, assigned to an Air Force base in Washington State, but he was in New Jersey taking a class that would allow him to get a promotion. He was also about a week and a half away from being deployed in Iraq. So while he's taking this class, he's also online from wherever he's staying, hotel or a base nearby, I suppose, trying to get his promotion. And he starts chatting with a girl he thinks is 13. Starts out, hello, how are you doing? Are you in New Jersey? Hello. Anyone home, he says. Sorry, was feeding my dog, says the decoy. Girly girl, 1993. What are you doing this weekend? Nothing. What's up with you? What do you look like again? I have a pic in my profile. Rock on, says Joker 34. Where's your boyfriend? She says, do you have a pic? Says he's from Washington. Then she says, we broke up talking about her boyfriend because I moved. She said she was from out west as well. Are you a good girl? Joker 34 asks. Sometimes, I guess. What do you mean sometimes, he says. Name some bad things you do. I don't know. Like having my boyfriend when I wasn't supposed to. LOL. Did you do anything with him? He asks. Well, duh, he was my boyfriend, she says. What did you do with him? That was bad. What was bad? That I didn't tell my mom about my boyfriend? No, what did you do with him? I guess everything. Name some specific things. So this is now literally like 18 minutes into the chat. And it stops and it starts and there are gaps. But he's already asking her about what she did sexually with her boyfriend. She explains that the boyfriend was 17 going on 18, that she's now 13. She says that a couple of times going on 14. Did you do anything adults would do, says Jupiter 34, Ernest Timmons. She acts like she doesn't understand totally what he's asking. No, did you have sex or are you a virgin, he asks. Once again, how old are you? 13. He said, are you 18? No, 13. Duh, you saw my profile. And I've seen this over and over again with these guys where they think by suggesting someplace in the conversation that they're actually 18, that that's going to get them off the hook. They also think sometimes that if they ask if the decoy's a cop and the decoy says no, then they can't be prosecuted. That is absolutely false everywhere in this country. But yet they think that. She asks him for a pic. Now, he never sends her a picture. In fact, he says, so you can send it to the cops? 
So right now, he's already suspicious that this could be a setup. And as you'll hear in just a minute, it sounds like he's actually seen the Dateline investigation to catch a predator before. That TV show, he calls it. He asks, what are you wearing? He says he's in the military. And then she asks him, you're not trying to cyber with me, are you? Meaning having cyber sex as opposed to setting up some sort of meeting. No, I would rather have the real thing, he says. And he seems confused like he's talking to some other people and she accuses him of that. You must be talking to too many girls. When was the last time for you, he asks, talking about sex. Valentine's Day, she says. How? What position? How what? Oh, LOL. I don't know. Normal way. She asks again for a pick. Now, the decoys do this, obviously, because... You know, if the guy's going to show up and be confronted in the investigation by me and then arrested by police, it would be good to have a picture. Now, he never sends it. We know a little bit about him. In fact, we confirm that he's in the military. And the conversation continues. He asks about her location. She explains how the house is set up, that she just moved there, that she's home alone that it sucks having moved at her age. But the cool thing is, is that her house is surrounded by sand. It's on the beach, on the ocean. But still, she says, it pretty much sucks to be me. And she asks, so what are you doing this weekend? Going to travel around and see some sights, he says. Then find someone to fuck. Wow, very clever. They talk again about cyber sex. He says, no, I would rather have the real thing. And, you know, we do come across people in these investigations who just lure the decoys into a conversation to get their rocks off that way. But he circles back around. He's not going to give up on this. His desire to meet this 13-year-old girl is going to outweigh his suspicion that she might be a cop or that this could be to catch a predator. He says, could you handle me? Depends on what you want. I mean, I've only been with one guy, she says. You know, what have you done so I know? Are you shaved? Yeah, for gymnastics, she says. So how many times did you have sex, he asks. Only one guy, but we, you know, did it a few times. I didn't really count, lol. The first time sucked. Missionary, he asks. But it got better. Is that where I'm on my back? Yes. Then yeah. Did you suck on his thingy? Now this is the bizarre thing we see frequently in these investigations. Here's a guy, a grown man, who knows or at least thinks he's talking to a girl. And so in some ways he uses very graphic adult language, but then he uses a term like thingy, like to make it somewhat normalized to a child. Thingy, she says, question mark. Are you sure you're 30? Because you talk like my five-year-old cousin. Could you handle anal, he asks. I've never tried it. Then there's talk about lubrication being important. Her saying, don't hurt me. That she was up for almost anything as long as he didn't hurt her. And then he gets back to the possibility that this is, in fact, a sting operation. How do I know I won't get into trouble? I mean, you're a minor. He says it right there. Are you playing me, he asks. When I get there, is a cop waiting? 
Yes, indeed, sir. And more. Why would I have a cop here, she asks. Duh, I'm talking to a minor about fucking. Now, I don't know how much more plainly he could admit that he is intent upon having sex with a child, committing a felony. But he's not done yet. I mean, it's a quick conversation compared to a lot of them that we see. We consider him, as I said before, a quick mover. And he says, I don't know. After seeing those TV shows of people getting caught, there it is. He's seen to catch a predator. This is 2007, right? We had been on the air for about three years on and off on Dateline. People knew about the show. But again, here in New Jersey, we had 28 guys surface in our investigation over three and a half days. He again asks her to take some pictures. She says she doesn't have a camera. Looks around for her dad's but can't find it. He says he'll bring a camera and take some pictures. With your shirt off, he asks, could you lick your nipples? And then he gets into this whole thing about the size of her breasts because he can't have a picture or a live cam shot. He wants her to put her hands over her breasts and measure how big the space is between her nipple and her chest, asking about cup size. I don't know, where did these guys come up with this? I mean, how do you even think of that? And again, he says, I'm scared. I'm scared? Here's a guy who's 33 who's going to have sex with a 13-year-old girl, and he's scared? What about the child? He says, fucking a minor is a big deal. Oh, yeah, bigger than you think, son. Could you just lie and tell me you're 18? Like that's going to fix anything. And then he's back into it. Make sure your pussy is clean. Does it smell good? The cleaner and the better the smell, the better my tongue action for you. Now, you know, he's committed. He is going to live out this fantasy. He is going to cross the line. And he is going to show up at our door. And he does. So less than three and a half hours after he initiates this conversation, he drives up in his Chevy, Ernest Clayton Tibbetts. And he walks up to the door. Now, there's been conversation about whether or not she should be partially dressed or wear a robe and what's going to be under the robe. But our decoy goes to the door. Now, in this case, as you may know, our decoy, our on-site decoy, was Casey Morrow. Casey is the daughter of one of the owners of this beautiful home in Manaloka. And when we rented the home for the sting operation, it's family owned, it had been in the family for generations. We asked her dad, do you know a young woman in town who maybe is a theater major in college, who's 18, 19, but looks younger? He said, yeah, my daughter. And she became the decoy with us for a couple of investigations and was great. In fact, she's been a guest on this podcast. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back. It's uh, several months ago, but Casey's just great. She's teaching yoga and other things in Bali, the last I heard. Wonderful yoga lady. And she was good at what she did, too. I mean, imagine throwing a young woman into this situation where she's going to meet these predators. Now, it's a comfortable environment for her because it's been her family's vacation home for generations, as I mentioned. But still... This is pretty heavy stuff. She goes to the door and lets him in, and he's really acting skeevy. Like, you know, any of these guys act like a good guy when they come in. That's not ever happened. Take a listen to the exchange. Glad you can make it. Come sit down. I made some brownies. You want some? Oh, no. Are you sure? Yeah, can we just go upstairs for a little bit? 
Oh, let's just hang it here for a little bit. Why don't you sit down? Okay, go ahead and hide when you get going here. It'll be fine. Yeah. Which you don't see here because this is just a podcast. He's clearly in a rush, and his physical body language is very anxious. You heard Casey offer him some brownies, something to drink, and he literally looks at his watch and says, I can't stay very long. I only have a few minutes. He's got his camera right in his hand, doesn't even try to hide it. And so here's a guy who's trying to get in and out of here as quickly as possible. He's anxious about getting caught. He's worried this is a deadline to catch a predator investigation. He's worried that the police are around. But he walks in, and Casey plays it perfectly. Listen to what she has to say about it. His eyes were bugging out of his head, so I knew he was either going to do something really quick or he was just going to take off. He stands up when she asks him about bringing the lotion, and this is a follow-up to his reference about anal sex and that she would need lotion so it wouldn't hurt. And he looks really suspicious, and I don't know whether he heard something or whether this just wasn't going by his script. But he was anxious. He stood up from the stool, bolted straight up, looks left, looks right, and then says, Is everything okay? More about this predator I've caught in a moment. Now, you heard Casey say that his eyes were popping out of his head. He was anxious. She didn't know whether he was going to act out in some way or run. I was having that same feeling in the next room watching this on the monitor. And so I didn't want to take any chances. So I walk out. Yeah, actually, everything is just fine, but I need you to have a seat right there. Yes, sir. The camera down. Just have a seat, please. He's compliant. Yes, sir. Has a seat. But now, Technical Sergeant Ernest Timmons' story is going to change. He claims that he came here to take pictures for a guy named Kevin, a guy he met on the base, but none of this makes sense. Listen to what he says. My friend told me to come here to take, uh, bring the camera and... Your friend told you to come here? Yes, sir. And who's your friend? A guy named Kevin. Kevin. And what's Kevin's last name? I don't know. How long have you known this friend, Kevin? We just met on on the base. So you're going to come in and you have your camera ready and you say to the girl who you think is 13, or your friend thinks is 13, I, I that you want, to run exactly. up, you want to run upstairs because you only have a little bit of time. Do you see why this does not make sense? <laughs> yes, sir. I, I, I perfectly... Why do you think I'm just as stunned as you are? Well, you're stunned because you got caught. That's why you're stunned. I think you're telling a big, fat lie to me right now. I'm not telling you a lie, sir. It doesn't make sense. I know. I know. Now, what you need to know is that at this point... Ernest is sweating profusely. I've made a lot of people sweat in my 40-year career. Scammers, predators, killers, a lot of people. But Ernest Timmons is in the top three of sweaters I have interviewed. Number one was a Nigerian scammer in London, but that's a topic for a different day. But after that, I'm thinking Ernest gets the sweating award. And he's trying to act like he's the victim here. Like Kevin set him up. Now, the name Kevin is what he used in the transcripts back when he was asking about her boobies, quote unquote. 
trying to normalize sex between an adult and a 13-year-old girl. And it's interesting because there's a nexus here, and I don't know whether there's any there, there or not, but listen to this. So he goes by the name Kevin Online. Maybe he just thought it up. He claims to me that Kevin was the fellow he met on the base who gave him the camera to send him over to this house to take pictures. Also doesn't make sense. But interestingly enough, there was another predator I caught earlier on in Ohio, Greenville, Ohio, Kevin Westerbeck. He, too, had an Air Force connection. He had a civilian job at an Air Force base in Ohio. Kevin was the short fellow who I had to get on the stool so we could get him in the television frame. He wanted to have sex with the child as well. He had a dark past with that sort of behavior and conviction. Was he referencing Ned Kevin because he saw the story? We'll never know, and I'll explain why in a minute. Now, Ernest is in trouble. At this point, I'm going to try and get as much information out of him as I possibly can. And he's, he's got this camera. He's alternating between holding the camera in his hands and setting it down on the bar countertop. It's a nice camera. Digital, big lens. And I ask him at some point about his family life. And he admits that he's married. I said, you have kids? He said, yes, he has a seven-year-old daughter. And of course, the question comes, what if somebody did this to your daughter? And he claims he'd be outraged as any parent would. But then I asked to see some pictures on the camera in the viewfinder because I'm thinking at the time, maybe this is his second or third stop. Maybe he's met other girls online. Maybe he's photographed them. So let's just take a look. Obviously, I'm not going to take the camera or take possession of it because if that, in fact, was the case, this would be evidence for the police who are waiting outside. Bush County, New Jersey law enforcement authorities. He shows me a few pictures from the viewfinder. Do you have kids? I have kids, yes. You have kids. How old is your kid? <sighs> She's seven. Why would a man in the military with a wife and child at home come hustling nervous into this house with a camera and ask a girl you think is 13 to go upstairs to do what? I don't know. It's you don't know. Ernest, Ernest, Ernest. The story didn't make sense then. It didn't make sense to the police. And it doesn't make sense now. Why? Because it's a big lie and we know. Ernest was about to get shipped off to Iraq, he said, in about a week and a half. Uh, I leave in about a week and a half. And so you what, you stopped by here for a quickie with a 13-year-old before you went over to Iraq? No, sir, I was a joke. I asked him specifically, as you heard, if this was just an attempt to, you know, get with a young girl before he left. And he maintained his story that he was just here for a friend. No, I think we know that's... That's a bad lie, Ernest. Oh, here's something. You seem concerned about seeing those TV shows of people getting caught. Have you watched those shows? No, sir. Because you're about to be on one. I'm Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC, and we're doing a story on adults who try to meet kids online. For sex. No, please, sir. I was told as a friend to come over. That was it. And that's your story? That's my story. And you're sticking to it? Yes, sir. So Ernest leaves, and he's immediately arrested by the authorities. 
Please depart. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. Let go of your camera. Easy. Yes, sir. Let go of the behind your back. Relax. He goes in front of the judge the next day, and the judge gives him a pretty high bond for these cases, 50000 no 10%. So he never gets out. He's in jail throughout his trial. He's charged with trying to have sex with a minor, multiple felonies. And ultimately, he's convicted. So he's being held in the Ocean County, New Jersey jail, pending sentencing. It's in Tom's River, New Jersey. And this technical sergeant in the Air Force this husband and father of a seven-year-old daughter, and apparently he had a son from a previous relationship, is waiting to find out how much time he's going to spend in prison. And he could go away for five years. It could be one year with probation, but he was going to definitely have to register as a sex offender. And this, this he knew could potentially affect his pension with the Air Force, a criminal conviction. And so in September of that year, now he was arrested in March, 2007. In September, 2007, he gets sick, deathly ill, it would turn out. And he's taken from the jail to the infirmary and he dies. Now the cause of death, the official cause of death was liver failure. But a lot of people think that maybe Ernest Timmons took his own life or took steps that would lead to the end of his life, his death. Why do I say this? Well, liver failure is something that would be detected by tests, medical tests that you would presumably be given by the Air Force before being deployed to a place like Iraq. I'm no doctor, but he looked healthy to me in March of that year. Yes, he was sweating profusely, as I mentioned, but he wasn't jaundiced. He wasn't unhealthy in any way. He was just anxious, nervous, guilty as homemade sin, and he was caught. So maybe, I mean, maybe his liver went bad in prison, or maybe he figured out a way to take something, Tylenol or another substance, drug, that could accelerate a liver problem to the point of death. We'll never know because, well, as you know now, Ernest is dead. And presumably because he died before his sentencing, he was never officially, at least in the eyes of the law or the military, convicted. He wasn't a convicted felon. And other people in this position have died before and two things happened. One, you retain benefits that you would lose if you were officially convicted. And in some cases, as in the case of Ken Lay with Enron, when he died of a quote-unquote heart attack at his ski resort lodge, he didn't have to forfeit all the money to the government after being convicted in the Enron scandal. His family kept that money. Now, we don't know if that's the case here with Ernest, but the death occurring when it did not being called officially a suicide and him not being sentenced allowed his family to still get benefits from the Air Force. And life insurance benefits are paid pretty quickly. So we'll never really know the truth here, but I think you can do the math. 
Ernest died in New Jersey, but he was laid to rest in Washington State, where he lived and where he was stationed. His obituary says this. Tech Sergeant Ernest Clayton Timmons was born June 29th, 1974 in Merced, California, and passed away September 7th, 2007 in Toms River, New Jersey. Ernest graduated from Augustine High School and following graduation, entered the U.S. Air Force in 1992. He was an avid supporter of youth activities, including the Special Olympics. He was a member of the Promise Keepers. That's interesting to me. Now, the Promise Keepers, and I'm not trying to link them as a group to any illicit behavior, but the Promise Keepers are a group of men not necessarily affiliated with any Christian religious order, but they get together for meetings and to reaffirm their vows to God and family. So the Promise Keepers are supposed to be very religious, law-abiding people, family-oriented. And yet here he is in a To Catch a Predator investigation charged with trying to have sex with a 13-year-old girl. He was also a member of the Tacoma Community Christian Reformed Church. Says he loved fishing and serving his country. Survived by his wife, son, daughter, as we mentioned earlier. This is an example of how these guys don't stand out of a crowd. This is a man who served his country, served his church, allegedly served his family. Now, we never know what goes on behind closed doors, but yet here he is. A predator I've caught. And this is what I go back to time and time and again. Protecting our children starts at home. It starts with a discussion, age-appropriate, awareness that this is out there, and the knowledge that more of this activity is going on than ever before. There are more social media platforms than ever before. More kids are online more than ever. And the predators know that. And there are many more Ernest Timmons out there trying to meet your children. So have that conversation. Speaking of conversations, as you know, I always encourage you, the listeners, to record your questions for me, the podcaster. This week's question comes from Jose in Seattle. Hey, Chris. My name is Jose. I'm from Seattle, Washington. Love your work. Um, I think some of your other work, though, I may be wrong, but it's not talked about as much. Will you be covering maybe an episode or two on things like to catch a con man, to catch a an ID thief, and some of the other work you did regarding, you know, people that are scamming people online? And my other question is, you know, in some of the episodes, you're really witty and you come up with some clever things to say to the predators and I think that's great is that stuff that you worked on beforehand or is that stuff that just kind of came out on the fly for example there was a guy that was asking if there was an open house going on and you were like no well this is kind of an open house but it's a different sort of open house and so I thought stuff like that was always really great and it was a good element to the show is that stuff that you worked on beforehand or is that just stuff that you just kind of came out with thanks Chris big fan of your work (laughs) thank you Jose the truth is that Yes, I do have information beforehand to prepare to interrogate these guys, to ask them questions. And I've always prided myself in being able to think on my feet, and that comes from years of experience. It also comes from being a good listener. 
So when a guy is online chatting with a child or involved in any other crime we're investigating, I do go through the transcripts as best as I can, depending on the time I have, depending on the availability of the transcript. So yeah, I try to get a couple things in my mind. But more important, Jose, is that once you realize you're okay, the guy's not going to harm you or can't harm you or you see that his hands are in a stable place and you have him engaged. It's really about getting into his head and having a conversation and then listening very intently and seizing those opportunities to acknowledge when something is darkly humorous and then going in for the truth when you think somebody's lying to you or whether or not you can be understanding or compassionate for a moment so that person opens up and tells you what was going on in his mind. Because as I always say, if you can understand that what goes on in the mind of a predator, we can better protect ourselves from being preyed upon. In terms of the other stories, and thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, I mean, look, the reality is this. Predator is 10% of my portfolio. 10 Emmys, all for other stuff. And we do work on other things. And we are working on new predator investigations for the TV and ultimately for this podcast. So thank you for recognizing that. And we will talk about some of those other types of investigations, but maybe that'll come down the road in a different podcast. But thank you, Jose. And thank you all for listening and for sending your questions in. We're going to do another episode very soon, maybe over the holidays, just taking all your questions because it's hard to keep up with them doing one question per episode. And we did it before, as I mentioned, and and it was a lot of fun. I hope you heard it. I hope you liked it. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to me for anything on any topic, you can send me a note and your audio question to me at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll be watching and listening. I hope you're getting ready for a wonderful holiday season, and I will talk to you again before Christmas. Take care.